You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Giant Turkey is a little over the line, my man. We're back on the Pipeline Show. Time to preview the WHL final. That means it's an in the dub segment for our friends at dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League, and it has been a busy week in the league for sure. Get to some hockey though as we uh, preview. The WHL final, the Vancouver Giants are in Prince Albert to take on the uh, the Raiders. That series gets going tonight, and uh, my guest right now is uh, Dan O'Connor, the voice of those Giants. Uh, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. Dan, how is the trip? You know what, Gee? Uh, first and foremost, thank you for the welcome. It's good to be back on the show. Um, the trip was, was really nice, actually. We, uh, we got on a plane yesterday at about 10 a.m. local time and touched down to Prince Albert. Stopped in for a practice, and then sure enough, wouldn't you know it, we opened up the door to go back onto the bus, and it was snowing. <laughs> I kid you not, May 2nd in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and it is snowing. Uh, we've got ourselves some playoff championship hockey weather going on in Saskatchewan, and it is awesome. Yeah, it's snowing here in Alberta right now as well, so uh, <laughs> it's, it seems to be uh, everywhere, well, probably except for uh, where you're from, out on the uh, on the <laughs> wet coast, but you guys get rain all the time, so... Uh, there's that. Before we st- start uh, looking at uh, the Giants and the Raiders, I want to ask you about the format um, because it's 2-3-2, uh, two, two, uh, first two games in Prince Albert, then three straight in Vancouver, two in uh, uh, the games uh, six and seven if necessary back in Prince Albert. Uh, I, the only time I've uh, traveled uh, for the uh, WHL final was in 2014 at Edmonton and Portland, which I think probably distance-wise is about the same. But we didn't do that, uh, the 2-3-2 two, two format. It was the traditional 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Why the change this year? Do you know? Well, I, I, short answer, I'm, I'm not too sure. Long answer is I, I think that's kind of what the, the trend has been as of late. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Everett Silvertips and the Swift Current Broncos did the 2-3-2. Two, two, and I, I think it's probably, more than anything, it might just be a, uh, a decision that the two general managers make uh, in conjunction with the league to try and offset some of the travel costs and whatnot. But uh, it's interesting for sure. Uh, I've personally never been a part of a 2-3-2 series before uh, when it comes to this kind of distance and uh, and so forth. So I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of how this could play out. I, I do think that there's something to be said about the 2-3-2 format possibly benefiting the Vancouver Giants if they are able to earn at least a split here in Prince Albert in games one and two. Uh, you, you steal home ice away by, by getting that split, and then all of a sudden you've got three home games in a row to try and just build that momentum for the series. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's, it's going to be easier said than done, but I, I think both teams are going to look at it uh, as a positive. I mean, if, if the Prince Albert Raiders can hold serve at home, uh, if they win two games at home, then they'll be guaranteed uh, to, to come back home for, for at least a game six. So, uh, it's interesting. It's a bit unorthodox, but um, I think the Giants are trying to embrace it on their end, and and no doubt the Prince Albert Raiders are going to be ready for the challenge on their end as well. Uh, and you know what? I was just looking back over the uh, the last few years, and as I mentioned, 2014 Edmonton Portland, it was the the, the normal two two one one one. In 2015, it only went four games, so I, I can't really tell what the scheduling was. But 2016, 2017, and 2018 all went the two three two. Uh, so maybe it is the uh, the natural uh, order of business for the WHL now. Uh, I I never picked up on that, but maybe it's also a cost saving thing for the league uh, since everybody's flying. Um, uh, and uh, we know what the price of gas is these days. 
Oh, do we ever, especially in British Columbia. Yes. So, yeah, no, I, I think definitely that's, uh, that's, that's part of it. I think that's what, uh, what they are all, uh, you know, trying to keep in mind when it comes to this. But, uh, put it this way, I, I don't think you're going to hear any complaints from either team about the format, about the 2-3-2 or the 2-2-1-1-1. Uh, I think everybody's just excited to be here, excited to be playing for, for a championship. And, yeah, I guess in my case, excited to be calling championship series for the first time in my WHL career. Yes, I was going to touch on that as well. You've been in the league for a long time, but uh, this is a, an opportunity I think all broadcasters would relish for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, looking at both of these uh, squads. We'll start with the Giants, the team you're obviously uh, closest to. Uh, and what a terrific playoff uh, for this club. And uh, if anybody had any doubts about Bowen Byram, I think uh, those have been put to bed. And probably shouldn't have had any doubts going into the playoffs, but man, he is fantastic, uh, and leading the WHL in playoff scoring. For those who haven't had a chance to watch him play or might be listening to this and they're out on the East Coast or in the States and don't know Bowen Byram, uh, they're going to get to know him a lot come the NHL draft, but give us your perspective on what makes him special. Well, I, I, I think that's, that's a loaded question and we could probably have a, a segment of your show dedicated strictly to this, but um, I, I would say from my standpoint, the when you think you've seen it all from Bowen Byram, he tends to find another way to make an impact and do something special. Uh, set a franchise record this season for the Vancouver Giants for goals by a defenseman in a single season with 26. Set a WHL record with six overtime winning goals. <laughs> He leads the WHL playoffs in scoring. And, oh, by the way, he's 17, and he has not been drafted to the NHL just yet. Uh, he's been player of the month in the WHL twice in 2019. He was the player of the month in January. He was the player of the month in April. He's doing all of this while getting all sorts of pressure, all sorts of questioning from NHL teams that are watching his every move. Uh, he's getting tough matchups. He's getting extra attention on the ice from the opposition because they are always finishing their checks on him. They are trying as hard as they possibly can to take away his ice, to take away his time and space, and yet consistently, game in, game out, Guy, he finds a way to make an impact and be a presence for this Vancouver Giants team. It has been unbelievable to watch him play. He's got the size and the skating and the puck stance and obviously the, the hands to, to match all of that. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got so many of the, uh, the boxes checked. Is there a, a greatest asset that he has? Is there one that kind of separates him from the pack in your mind? I think just the way he thinks the game. Uh, I think, honestly, it's just the, the way he processes information, the way that he almost, you know, 99 times out of 100, he seems to make the right play. He seems to make the right read. He knows when to pass. He knows when to shoot. He knows when to hold on. Um, th there's just so much that, that he is able to process at just an elite level that makes him such an effective player in this league, and, and it's going to translate to the next level, I'm sure of it. Yeah, uh, so am I. And uh, for and for me, in a draft year, which is a very good one for the WHL, he is the top guy in my mind. Uh, and I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't the first player out of the league uh, taken in June at the NHL draft. But he's not the only player on the team worth talking about. So let's get to know some of the other players uh, on the Giants. And one of them we know pretty well here in Edmonton, Davis Kosh, is second in league scoring. 
not a lot of goals in the playoffs, but uh, that was his trademark at Edmonton was as a setup guy as well. Uh, and he seems to be that seems to be his calling card with the Giants too. Fair to say? Yeah, and I think honestly the the, the cool thing, and you'd know about Davis, is he's not flashy. Uh, he's not a dangler. He's not a guy that's going to beat you, you know, dangle through three guys and go and score. But but he's a guy, I think, similar to Bowen Byram, is is the way he's able to process the game, sink the game. He, he He's really good along the walls. He's he, he's almost one step ahead of the defenseman as well. When he gets the puck, he, he kind of knows his options, knows his lanes. Uh, he's just a very crafty player. He's a very consistent player. And um, you know, we, we're starting to kind of see that situation now where 20 year olds are starting to sign contracts and get noticed. Uh, I, I think Davis thinks the game at a, at a, at an elite level, at a pro level. Uh, I think he can skate well enough to, uh, you know, he, he can skate well enough to keep up. Um, I, I think he's, the, the, another thing about him too is that I think he's way better defensively than he's given credit for. And I think when we got him, we, we kind of knew he was this really good offensive player, but yet the way he defends, the way he covers lanes, the way he kills penalties, he's been just a, a real find, I think, for this Giants team. And, and I think that the nice thing about him, too, is he's just a very calm, funny, easygoing, unassuming guy who just goes about his business. He's a remarkable teammate, and his leadership has really been praised this season as just being a guy who's been very inclusive of his teammates and a guy who's just been the, the epitome, really, of consistency all season long on the ice. Well, Dan, I'm going to rely on you to tell me about the rest of the team. I've only seen them once with my own eyes here in Edmonton, and, and to be honest, it wasn't a great performance that night for the Vancouver Giants. So uh, tell me about this club and what makes them tick and who the guys are that uh, lead the charge. Other than Byram and Kosh uh, here in the playoffs, uh, who else can be counted on nightly uh, for the Giants? Well, that's a really interesting question, Guy, because I think the calling card of the Giants all season long has been their depth and has been the fact that it hasn't just been one or two guys that have done the damage. It's been um, a handful of guys night in, night out, or it's been a different guy night in, night out. Um, the forward line of Owen Hardy, uh, Dawson Holt, and Jared Dimitru has been wonderful over the course of the playoffs. <clears throat> they beat you with speed. They beat you with offense. They beat you with physicality. Uh, they've been tremendous. Um Braden Watts, Milos Roman, and Justin sort of, they've started to really pick it up. Uh, Braden Watts has scored a number of clutch goals over the course of the playoffs. Milos Roman is a prospect of the Calgary Flames who's done, you know, wonderful work, uh, defensively, offensively, and so forth. And then, you know, uh, Justin sort of, I mean, he's a rookie who had 23 goals and 23 assists for 46 points. He's just one of three 16-year-olds to ever do that for the Vancouver Giants. Uh, the other two being Gilbert Brule and Evander Kane. Perhaps you've heard of those two players. I think so. Um, defensively, uh, Dylan Plouffe, Alex Kanek, Leapert, Seth Buffero, Dallas Hines, Caleb Bullich, um, they do a little bit of everything. Uh, there's no weakness to the Giants on their back end. Uh, they can play physically. They can play fast. They can block shots. They can kill penalties. They, um, you know, I, I forgot up front, Jaden Joseph was like the, the, the premier trade deadline acquisition for this Giants team. He's got seven goals in the playoffs. Tristan Nielsen was acquired in a trade for Dane's mom. And I know that there were a lot of Giants fans at the time that raised their eyebrows at that trade. Tristan Nielsen's been outstanding for the Vancouver Giants all season and let alone in the playoffs. Lucas Fajkowski's had a penchant for dramatic goals as well um, in his first season in the league. And then 
<clears throat> between the pipes, you've got, I think, the best goaltending tandem in the WHL, let alone maybe the CHL in David Tendick and Trent Miner. So you've got, you've got Bowen Byram, who gets a lot of the press clippings and a lot of the attention. Davis Kosh, his numbers up front kind of speak for themselves, but this is not a team that relies on one or two players. This is a team that generally and legitimately relies on their entire roster to help them win. Uh, let's go to the goaltenders, and you mentioned uh, David Tendek and, and Trent Miner, and uh, what a one-two punch that has been the entire season for the Giants. Uh, I know uh, he didn't play in the last round, so Trent Miner uh, hasn't played since uh, round two. Um, do we expect it's it's now David Tendek's, uh he's getting all the starts unless something uh, uh, goes sideways? Well, probably. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit trepidatious about saying that because – uh, in the one regular season game where the Giants faced the Prince Albert Raiders in the regular season, Trent Miner played in that game and was outstanding. Uh, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me one lick if uh, if we saw Trent Miner in this series. But, um, you know, Dave, David Tendick kind of took the ball and ran with it in the West Final against the Spokane Chiefs. Uh, he showed exactly why the Arizona Coyotes drafted him in, in last year's draft. Um, here's the thing, Guy, like, it doesn't really matter who plays in goal for this Vancouver Giants team because uh, it's one thing for coaches to kind of coyly say that they have trust in both of their goaltenders and either guy gives them a great chance to win, blah, 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 blah. But with the Giants, it's true. It's genuinely true. They, they both stomp the puck so well. They are both terrific friends. They are great competitors and both. I assure you, are up to the challenge in this series should they get the tap on the back to go and play goal. Dan O'Connor, voice of the uh, Giants, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. We're looking ahead to the uh, WHL final, which uh, starts tonight. Uh, let's look at the other team now. Uh, from your perspective, well, what is the biggest challenge uh, for the Giants going up against the uh, Prince Albert Raiders? Well, I mean, we, we just spent a long time talking about depth of the Vancouver Giants. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a single team uh, that I've come across in the WHL this year that can hang with the Prince Albert Raiders when it comes to their depth. Um, do they have a fourth line? I don't think so. Um, this is a team that has speed. They have size. They have um, skill. They've got elite goaltending. They've got physicality on their blue line. And just based on what I've been able to pick up on the games that I've watched is I don't think there's a single team that can transition better than the Prince Albert Raiders. Meaning, if you make a mistake in, they, in, the, in their zone, if you cough a puck up, no team is going to counteract an attack quicker and more aggressively than the Prince Albert Raiders. And so, you know, are you going to key on Brett Leeson? Yes. Are you going to key on Dante Hanun? Yes. Are you going to key in on Noah Gregor? Yes. Uh, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, okay, there's still Sean Montgomery. There's still Parker Kelly. There's still... Caden Gooley, there's still Max Martin, there's still Braden Paul. Um, the list goes on when it comes to the Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, this team is stacked with depth. They have confidence. They are tremendously well coached. They're disciplined. Their special teams is very good. Um, the Giants, in a lot of ways, um, the, the, there's little room for error when it comes to facing the Prince Albert Raiders. And that, I think, is is the biggest challenge I think that lies ahead for the Giants is just knowing that, that if you take two or three shifts off against these guys, that's all it could take for them to score one, two, or three goals. They're that good. The special teams for uh, the, the two clubs that are remaining, 
Um, both really good. I mean, if you have a, a power play that's, you know, in the low twenties during the regular season, you're pretty happy with that. Right now, the Giants are clicking at just under 36% on the power play. That's ridiculously good. And I mean, Spokane was right there too. What was happening out West where uh, you get a power play? It's almost guaranteed goal. <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the Giants have played 15 playoff games, Key. They've scored a power play goal in all but one of them. Wow. So they're, they're, they're 14 games. They've got a goal on the power play. Uh, the Spokane power play coming into that series was at 48%. The Giants surrendered one power play goal against in that series. Wow. So much credit goes to Michael Dick and Jamie Heward and the penalty killers for really, truly, genuinely rising to the occasion and killing off those Spokane power plays and the goaltending, of course, as well. But, um, yeah, as for the power play, honestly, Guy, nothing fancy. Um, the Giants have been very good about showing a few different looks on their power play. Um, opportunistic scoring, I would say, was kind of the name of the game, and I, and I think truly it was the X factor. <clears throat> In that Western Conference final against the Spokane Chiefs, they were able to get their power play going, and that was the major reason why they are sitting here getting ready for game number one of the Western, of the, uh, sorry, the Western Hockey League's Rogers uh, WHL Championship. Yes, uh, we've got to get all the sponsor names in there. Uh, the, uh, the, the venue in, uh, Prince Albert, uh, a small barn, but, uh, what an atmosphere right now going on at the Art Hauser in the playoffs. They're calling it the Mad Hauser, uh, for good reason. I know in Langley at the Event Center, uh, it's been, uh, really good crowds as well. This, the, the, uh, the fan base for both of these, uh, cities, uh, two different size cities, uh, but certainly getting behind their team, and that's great to see, isn't it? <clears throat> Without question, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to tonight. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about the playoff atmosphere here in Prince Albert, and and you know it deservedly so. This is a great market. This is a, a very passionate fan base, and, and a deserving fan base to have this stage and have this opportunity. Um, a lot of talk about the noise at the Art Hauser Center, and. Let, let me just say that, that, that credit where credit's due to Prince Albert and the great noise that this building has had, but the LEC has been no slouch either. When Jared Dimitro scored to tie the game 2-2 in game number two of that series against Spokane, <clears throat> when the Giants scored four goals in a span of three minutes and 21 seconds, I've never heard the LEC that loud. Uh, it was numbing. It, it, it was chilling just to talk about it. Uh, goosebumps just just thinking about how loud and how rabid that that rink was and, and how excitable that fan base was uh crowd support on either side of the coin is not going to be an issue in this series and that also makes it so much fun should I ask you about your thoughts on uh, what happened with the whl bantam draft uh, yesterday in red deer the uh number of trades that unfolded some big names being uh, moved around Jet Wu now with the Calgary Hitmen and, and guys uh, like uh, Dylan Hamilak and Jake Lee uh, with the uh, Memorial Cup 2020 Memorial Cup host uh, the Kelowna Rockets and some other moves and, and obviously what the Winnipeg Ice did uh, to get the number one and number two picks uh, uh, when it was all said and done. What do you think about uh, draft day and everything that happened? It, it was a crazy day and I, I think it's very exciting for the fans very exciting for the media types like you and I that are following along, trying to make sense of it all. And I think Polona, uh, we knew they were going to make a splash. We knew that they were going to be aggressive. And, you know, uh, Dylan Hamlet is a hell of a player. I think Jake Lee is only going to get better. He's going to play a big part on that blue line. Mm -hmm. uh, Cole Suedius is an interesting acquisition, kind of adds to the goaltending depth that that franchise already has. Uh, Jet Wu is now a member of the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, 
are they now the default favorites in that division heading into next season? Uh, a strong case, I think, could be made for that fact. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, I think Victoria going out and bringing in Shane Farkas and adding him to their organization was a savvy move. Uh, the finagling that Winnipeg did to, to get the first two picks in that draft, the, the Cougars then getting picks three and four, um, crafty moves by their respective general managers. And, and I think that uh, it, it bodes very well for some of these teams building for the future. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a crazy day for me yesterday trying to follow along, you know, when you're trying to get on an airplane and when you're trying to do all sorts of various different things. But, you know, a draft is always really exciting. You've always got 22 general managers and 22 teams that are ecstatic when they leave Red Deer. And uh, I guess we'll, you know, let's have this conversation in another four years, Key, and we'll have a better clue of, of who were the real winners and losers on draft day 2019. But I know the Giants are happy. I know all sorts of other teams are happy. And you know what? For all the trades and all the movement that took place, there's a lot of happy hockey fans as well. There's going to be some happy hockey fans in at least one of these markets uh, in the next uh, 10 days or so as uh, the WHL final kicks off tonight. Dan, have a great call this series. Uh, thanks for making time for the Pipeline Show. Great to chat again. We'll do it soon. All the best, Guy. All the best. Thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the series. You do a great job, and, uh, and thank you just for your continued support of junior hockey. Well, that was very nice of uh, Dan O'Connor to say. I always appreciate when he's on the show, Real Gentleman, when you meet him in person as well and calls a terrific game as uh, the Giants winning game one up in Prince Albert. Uh, Not an easy place to get victories this year, Uh, but the Giants uh, get that one and go, well, they'll have home ice advantage. And now with uh, game two in PA and then games three, four, and five in Vancouver, it's fair to say the Raiders have their work cut out for them now, and really, they really, really need a game two in that series. One more segment to go here on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. It's a 2019 draft spotlight. The player in question, John Farinacci, who played high school hockey this year at Dexter Southfield, also saw him uh, briefly a couple of games with Muskegon and a couple of games with the U.S. National Development Program. And uh, at the start of the year, he was captain for Team USA at the Holinka Gretzky Cup here in Alberta at Red Deer and in Edmonton. Hear from him next on the Pipeline Show. Matias Samuelson left point. Gruden around on the right side. one nothing U18. Stosky walks the line, took the shot, right on goal. They score! Farabee put in the rebound. And Farabee gives his grandmother a birthday present. It's 2 nothing. Hey, it's Joel Farabee from Team USA, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. He is a midnight mover. He can go on in the sunlight. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Ben Bishop. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Andy Green. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 